Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You are listening to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 53. Just a reminder, you can find all my shows and notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office365 or at callthatgirl.podbean.com. And there's also a feed link there that you can attach for all your podcatcher shows. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash callthatgirl. I've been, uh, as I've told you folks, I've been trying to work on some uh, more videos for my day-to-day stuff. And... um, and trying to trying to get out there. Not every day is a great day. So uh, if you uh, subscribe to the channel, you will start seeing some more daily. I'm calling the end of day business roundup stuff. And I also just put one out there um, called uh, how to do a Microsoft Exchange migration, which I was thinking about doing in a show, but I just kind of went through it in like a really quick 15 minutes. So I'll put that in the show notes also. And if you're interested, go ahead and watch that video or listen to the audio if you like. So before we get going with the show, I'd like to send a thank you out to our friends over at App River for sponsoring the show here. Uh, There is a podcast from a few weeks back with Steve Harris, my sales rep, if you're interested in talking to them and what I would say building a relationship with your vendor because having a relationship really helps my business, I think, when it comes to selling the product and knowing that my clients can work with a sales rep there. Um, I'm a partner with them. I'm not a reseller. And I know a lot of MSP folks like doing their own reselling. Well, it's still nice to have a backup for certain things and having that relationship in place than, you know, rather than working directly with Microsoft. So um, they are all based in the U.S. They're all in Florida. And uh, you can contact Steve at sharris at epriver.com if you want to talk to them and make sure to say call that girl sent you all right folks there's a lot of different topics this week um i have a main topic which i'm not sure what to name it it's either going to be OneDrive sucks or microsoft needs to buy dropbox or microsoft needs to dump OneDrive. I'm not sure yet, but <laughs> I've got some uh, some topics lined out about that OneDrive and some feelings I have, which are all justified. But before we get started, um, just so everybody knows out there, I live in Las Vegas now, and there's a lot of things that I did not know about Las Vegas before I moved here. And one thing I found out is that you can head down to meet a friend at a hotel for a quick lunch that came in to visit. It's 88 degrees. And when you leave, it's 106. <laughs> yeah. But I'm kind of getting really used to the weather, like in terms of the heat um, and it being dry and all that. But uh, like I didn't even feel the 106 degrees because I'm already used to the summer heat. But I looked at my truck uh, console and I was like, oh, my God, it was actually 108 by the time I got going. That's the highest I've ever seen the temperature. And uh, like I said, you get used to it and I'm adjusting and I've decided to stick it out. Like, this is my home, but uh, I've got three more months. <laughs> three more months, so let's see how long it lasts and uh, and how that rolls for me because I'm used to Minnesota, humid and moist and just not the dry heat, but uh, I can't complain. It's not like sweaty hot. All right, I'm also trying to find, for you folks, 
some new guests to come on the show. I think a lot of uh, I think a lot of the listeners here are breaking out of break fix and moving into MSP model. And this is from what I'm seeing in the forums and the groups online that a lot of people have kind of like, okay, it's time to graduate to the next level. And if you're an MSP provider, of course, you know, you have all your systems managed. So you want to listen to people that are doing Office 365 on another level, which is not the level I'm at. And I don't want to be at that level. So I am looking for new guests. I have one secured for July who is a real famous forum participant. I'm not going to name his name yet, but uh, he's agreed to do a show with me so we can kind of run down what his company does with MSP level, which is totally different than mine. And he's going to like list out all the stuff and kind of talk about the service levels and how they sell it and everything. And I'm really grateful to have him on because he he just has all the information that I'll never know. I've also found a guy on Twitter that I'm hoping will, um, he does podcasting also, and I'm hoping that he agrees to come on the show to talk about Exchange and Office 365. And these fellas, if you are not engaging with the what I would consider the guys outside my level, Go look them up on Twitter. Man, these guys are talking about stuff that I've never even heard of. And it's getting to be where I kind of feel like left out. But on the other hand, I'm servicing the clients that call me because I'm targeting my perfect audience and I'm doing a good job. So I don't know if I need to go into that other level to learn it all. But it's good for me to be aware of it. And um, like one product is um, Azure. I think that's how you say it. A-Z-U-R-E. I believe it's a management console, which I don't need because I'm not managing a lot of Office 365 on a you know domain level and all of that. I'm doing the break fix one by one by one. And so I think that's it. And like I said, I, I'm just starting to kind of get into those uh, other uh, service offerings and other products and trying to learn about it. It's just it's it's a lot. It's a lot, people. But uh, so anyway, my shows, of course, I always talk about what I do, but I am trying to find you guys some guests so we can all learn. I did get an email from a listener who said, hey, Lisa, not sure if you know about this, but there's an integrated uh, migration tool in Office 365, which is like comparable to Migration Wiz. And I've heard of it and I never really checked it out too much because I always do my, my uh, migrations manually. But as you've been listening for the past, I don't know, six months or so, I've been using Migration Wiz on some jobs. And I think I want to start using it on a lot more jobs, to be honest with you. But that um, the integrated one in Office 365, uh, you know what? I kind of checked it out. It's not the same as Migration Wiz. So if you want to test it as a freebie, you know, just to see how it works, um, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with testing stuff, but I'm just going to say that if, you know, if you're going to use AppRiver, they back Migration Wiz and their techs know it really well. And I've had to use those guys to back up, to ask questions because Migration Wiz is a big tool and it can do a lot of stuff. And I don't know the filters. Like on the last job I told you about, I had to run some filters and I wouldn't have known the script for that at all. So they were very helpful and uh, they went in and edited it for me and took care of it. But uh, hey, you know what? I like it when the clients, or excuse me, when the listeners call in or email and say, hey, Lisa, here's something you maybe didn't know about. So I'm sharing it with you all. 
Some other news here uh, is uh, I read on TechNibble that someone posted GoDaddy is going to end uh, Pop and IMAP. Now, I haven't seen anything online, so I'm not saying that's true, but let's just pretend it's true. Well, I've been <laughs> I've been dealing with the end of Pop and IMAP by me telling my clients you should be getting off it anyway. You know, they're calling in with other problems, exchanges, a nice solution. But for those listening, I think they said uh, the person said that they're going to stop it moving forward. So they're going to be pushing Office 365 on um, new clients. What I think is a good time is it's a good time to start in your newsletters telling clients about this because if you're doing break fix and you got clients on GoDaddy or they they're on the, themselves, they're really good with having you know like a client calls in with a problem and then you know saying hey let's just switch you to Office 365. Well, then they give them a price break and then they start giving them discounts and they really just sweet talk them in. Well, really, it's that sales tech doing it. And that person might not even be doing the migration. And plus they do all the migration stuff in the cloud and they do not give the customer service afterwards. So like if a client, uh, like this happened to one of my clients, they um, said, well, I called in for a problem. And all of a sudden we're on Office 365 and our email's been migrating for four days and we're out of luck. Their outlook was down. They could not work. And what they were doing was, it was so silly too. It was just uh, I'm like, um, Office 365 old secure server to an Office 365 server. And it just because it's a cloud, it took four days to migrate. So they had that much mail. And uh, the client was like, I can't even see any of my old folders. It's just popping in slowly. And I said, that's unfortunate that you guys did that. So no matter what, if you can tell your clients, look, at least be aware of what can happen. We can't control if they're going to call them or not, but there's things to be aware of. Plus, if you uh, give them a heads up that they're not going to probably do any of the aftercare. If in, and if uh, their IMAP had issues before that, or if they had PST files connected with rules, and uh, GoDaddy will just simply just start them up with a new profile too. So all their settings are gone. They're not going to spend you know an hour and a half with your client configuring it, tweaking it, setting everything up. Because if you ever called them, their biggest thing is, well, we just handle this. And then the worst part is if there's a, an issue, they tell the clients to call Microsoft. So I'm circling all this back to, you know, they're, they have low prices, they have discounts, and they're good at sales. And that's about it. And you know what? That's why as, as, a, as a consultant and a technology consultant, I try to tell my clients, I am not going to be cheap but I'm also going to get it done right. And you're going to have a nice migration. You know, I mean, it's going to get done in the expectations I outline for people, what's going to happen. And, uh, with, with a, with a call center farm of sales techs, you know, they can't control all that. And that's why I am just, you know, when, when I had the client last week that I told you about, she was like, well, the pricing's so good. I'm like, you know what? Who really gives a shit about $2 a month? Honestly, when it comes down to it, <laughs> that's $24 a year for you to save to not have premium service, you know? And so I, I can't help if people think that that $2 difference is really a, a deal breaker. I, I don't know. But, um, 
my my newsletters are probably going to start having more uh, more adamancy behind them to say, look, you know, you you should go read some of my testimonials. <laughs> Honestly, people, it's scary. So uh, yeah, so that end of pop and IMAP circling back to that is you know. The more you tell your clients that if they uh, set up a new email account that's going to be on Office, well, a new one's just fine, but moving ahead. Or if they transition or, you know, let's say someone has a 15-gig IMAP and do they know that that's going to take you know, a long time to migrate? You know, people don't know that. They don't understand the stuff we do for the most part. All right, well, now that we're talking about migrations, I'll just move on to my two jobs on Friday. I had a pretty good job on on Friday morning, and then my Friday afternoon job did not go so hot because I've discussed this before in Outlook with uh, 2013 and 16. I do believe sometimes or most of the times uh, with Exchange, the slider in the account settings uh, holds back only back to the last 12 months. So I was planning on doing the migration on Friday until I decided, oh, I better go check that slider. And there you go. It was only selected for the last 12 months. So I had to slide it over to all, close Outlook, and that thing took almost six hours to download four gigs of mail. So uh, I was like, I don't know if it's a good idea for me to be putting that four gigs back up. <laughs> I was telling the client, this might not be a good idea. I think uh, what we should be doing is uh, let's download that and let's export it and then not put it back up on the server and just leave it down, down, uh, just leave it uh, down in the folder list as a, you know, a secondary PST file. And she agreed with me because, you know, I mean, if a lot of people don't need an exchange server because they got two computers, sometimes they just want so their phone syncs. So really... Does, you know, does all that mail even need to be up, you know, synced with the phone anyway? So, uh, yeah, Friday, the, the morning migration um, worked out smooth. Uh, the client had a domain transfer prior to that, and I had one of my, uh, one of my website buddies do the, the domain transfer first for that. And then them in the afternoon, which turned into a Saturday migration. Now... So the Friday one with the the guy who had the the four gigs come down that took forever. So Saturday I worked with him and his wife to get it uh, the migration done, and I had a couple technical challenges. Now, for you folks doing MSP work, you know what's funny is you guys manage all the systems, so you have one set of systems, right? And you know how your products work and you test things before you launch it. And, you know, you've, you kind of manage things so everything works right. That's why the MSP guys are always like, God, Lisa, I can't believe all these calls you get. I'm like, yeah, I know. I can't believe all the calls I get either. But I am a break-fix tech. I just kind of take random stuff off the Internet. These people are not in managed service contracts. They have nothing. And so, like with this job, the the wife had... 2016 the husband had 2013 and uh, sometimes when you have two exchange accounts even in the in the same computer we're not talking profiles we're talking about the same computer 
with the exact same because it was exchange to exchange their migration, their OST file got um, corrupted immediately. Well, let's put it this way. I made a new profile because I already knew I was going to have a problem with that. I went in to make it. It's set up. And I started importing the mail. And then I had to close Outlook for some reason, which it should be fine. You know, it was done importing. And when it opened, it gave me errors. I was like, oh, my God, no. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew I broke the OST file. And I went in and looked, and there was there was two OST files plus that one that is called uh, I don't even know the name of it sixteen thousand four six four K that that's just like a corrupted OST starter. You'll see it in the in the app data folder. So that was in there, and I was really frustrated. And then it said, "Do you want to start in safe mode?" And I was like, "Oh, please do not challenge me, Outlook. This was really." ticking me off because I still had other work to do on this migration and it broke. And so I said to the client, I was like, didn't we have this issue with you like a month ago when Microsoft upgraded your outlook behind your back? <laughs> she was like, yeah, well, what happened about a month ago was that she had an update and she clicked the update button and it upgraded her to 2016. Well, she had Microsoft remote in and fix it like they should. But then during my migration, it broke again. I said, okay, Mrs. Client, I could sit here and try to troubleshoot it. You could call Microsoft, but really, let's just downgrade you and get the job done right. Because I'm not going to try to fix this broken software. And she agreed with me. I mean, you know, it wasn't fun for her. But there's another thing that you guys need to understand is that, um, which has happened to me now, and when you're in the process of troubleshooting, I'm not perfect and I can forget things. And, uh, yeah, when I, uh, uninstalled 16, well, you got to remember that the profiles go away also. So with profiles go away, so does all the data and so does all the stuff. And, um, that was, that was not the worst part of this because, you know, when I set it up in 2013 and I launched the profile, some of her settings were still ghosted in there, which was cool. But unfortunately, I forgot to export out her rules, which is not common, you know. But just remember, when you export out the data, which I always do, I, I just did not do the rules. But she was like, well, I can live without the rules and I can remake the rules. It wasn't like do or death. And I said, well, honestly, let's, you know, maybe you need less rules anyway. Let's work on some email, you know, management tools or email management tricks for her because 50 rules is, you know, cumbersome. But so anyway, that really bummed me out. But once I got 2013 up and running, I had to clear out the, the, the inbox and all the subfolders that had migrated over already and pretty much clean out her whole entire, um, Exchange mailbox. I just did it by hand because there was really no point in making a new mailbox for that. Then I re-imported everything, did some fine-tuning, did the mailbox, signature, the address book, uh, my optimizing I do, got her going, opened up another PST file. That was fine. Um, then I moved over to the husband. And his was 2013, and his was just fine, except he had... 
I think Windows 8 and something glitchy. Oh, he had a broken internet calendar. So that kept popping up and I didn't like it, but I was like, see, there you go. You never know what you're going to get into, you know, when you do break fix work. So I basically was like, we need to remove that internet calendar, which he can just resubscribe anyway. Oh, I know that seems like a lot of drama, but it, it really kind of is. And you got to think on your feet really fast. Like that's why, you know, when things break, it's up to me to, you know, fix it for the client. And I just can't sit there and go, you know, oh my God, I'm in trouble. What do I do? I am a troubleshooter. I move to the next level. And sometimes the downgrade has to be it, you know, and that to me was it for her. And for him, I'd like to get him off that Windows 8, but I don't do that anymore. Okay, so then I had, let's see, another client that called in on Wednesday and uh, his, um, his Gmail was, you know, he's a Gmail IMAP user, which interestingly, you know, works fine in Outlook for the most part. But then when people start getting over their limits, email won't send or receive. So I do my usual remote in, start moving mail. And I moved off a lot of mail, but his mailbox was only like three gigs in Outlook. But on the, after I moved a bunch of mail, you know, he says like, oh yeah, it works again. So we're all good. Well, then on Friday when he calls me and said, it's not working again, I was like, where is all that email hoarding? And I went to the Gmail drive and it said 15, uh, almost 16 gigs. You're over on your space. And... Um, I decided to do something that maybe I shouldn't have done, but I just wanted to see as I created him a new profile, I let all that email download and 36 gigs came down. I'm like, what, <laughs> how did that even get held up there? So the Google, the, the Google, um, the manage accounts there is wrong. And what happened is he has a stuck all mail folder. So I had to open up the all mail folder, release it from the IMAP hidden. And so I could see it and I got to get it off the server. And you know, the thing is Gmail says, Oh, upgrade and get more space. But the thing is, is outlook can choke to death, you know, and these clients want to use outlook. So if you're going to choke your system, that's a good way to do it is to keep buying more space or not, not buy more space and just manage what you got. So I've spent, I don't know, since Friday, a good portion of my weekend free time is moving mail. And I still haven't seen the 15, almost 16 gigs go down. So that means that that all mail folder is broken and, uh, it won't even let him send or receive. It's pretty sad. So I'm working on that. I'm probably gonna have to buy more space. So he, and this was on Friday when he left. So it's not like, you know, I could do anything now, but we're probably gonna have to buy more space for him to just be able to send and receive. And then I got to get in there and figure out that all mail, that all mail folder is just dirty. You know what? I don't like it. I don't understand it. I don't understand Gmail labels and all these funky filters they have. Um, I can hide it in outlook just fine, but, uh, it's, it's, I mean, hiding it just kind of likes putting a bandaid or I don't know, whatever the, 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 <laughs> the cute sayings are, but, Anyway, so this, this fellow's got email all over the place, but uh, we're hopeful it'll get that cleaned up. I'll fill you in on the next show. 
And then I had another client that called in for just a quick one-hour job, and it turned out to be a really good one. Her company needs encryption, which I love when they need that because AppRiver has that product. So if you guys are looking for encryption, they sell that too, don't forget. And it turns out they also need five people migrated to Exchange, which I loved hearing that. I was like, thank you. That'll be a good job. And they also want spam filter. Um, all right. So I think we're ready to talk about the topic this week, which, like I said, I still haven't named it yet. Um, Microsoft needs to dump OneDrive or buy Dropbox. I wish they would just buy Dropbox. You know, with the LinkedIn buyout, that, like I said, it kind of excited me in the end. In the beginning, no. But if I ever saw, you know, social media say, Microsoft has bought Dropbox, I think I would literally break down and die. Because it would make my life so much better. <laughs> oh, man, would that make it so much better. And I've heard rumors that they're going to buy it. I just wish they would spend that $30 billion on Dropbox. That would just uh, make me happy. But um, so here's, the, here's a few things about Dropbox that I just want to make clear. Is that I watch the forums. I read people. You know, I read what the other techs are saying. And most of the break-fix techs like myself are having struggles with with OneDrive. I think that the MSP guys are having a little bit more a little bit more luck with it because they're managing it. They've already figured out their system. Um, there's different also ways for managed services to manage that stuff. But on the break fix side, you know, I don't get a chance to set it up half the time. And my clients are calling in with problems already pre-existing. And because of years ago, um when clients wanted set up, I was excited. It actually worked better. It was off the old SkyDrive, which really is, you know, was kind of like it worked <laughs> back in the day, you know, and SkyDrive kind of did some funky things in the end, but in the beginning it worked good. Yeah, I liked it. Um, so anyway, like I'm saying that the MSP guys, you know, might not have the same OneDrive issues as us break fix folks, but uh, so that's why I'm kind of putting that out there. Like, well, I don't want people to think I'm stupid, but these are just the problems I'm having. So, um, the, the one drive issues that I'm still continually seeing is that the syncing does not work. Just, it doesn't. And I think that there's a big confusion with OneDrive personal and OneDrive for business and team OneDrive. And that seems to... It just seems to generate a lot of calls for me and that I cannot fix. I, I refuse to even fix it, and, and I have to refuse because I'm not confident in selling and supporting it. And that's why when folks call in with requests for full Office 365, I have to do the spiel of why OneDrive is not going to be a product I'm going to help. And all these poor people are like, but we want the full Office 365 experience, Lisa. I'm like, I'm sure you do, but as a technician who charges you, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to spend my time to configure something that will possibly or potentially or with the probable of breaking, you know, and never work. So let's see here. It doesn't sync. The data sometimes doesn't finish syncing. People put too much up there. They don't know what the space limits are. They're using old copies of old data from XP 
and that's having issues. Um, the team accounts are hard to configure with the permissions, and that, I'm just going to say, has been told to me by my clients. Uh, there's just big messes. And, you know, like I say, in my free advice, I say move to something stable that works, which is Dropbox, and I shyly don't say the G word, but, you know, because <laughs> I don't want to support that either. But, you know, that a lot of the, the G clients are happy with that. So um, that's just one side of the Dropbox configuration mess. Now, the other one is that this last week I had two clients, and that's why I'm talking about this today, was two of them, they had new computers, and I'm remoting in, and I'm setting up their Outlook, and I go to create a PST, a new one, and I'm like, why is it going to OneDrive? And then it dawned on me. I was like, I remember helping the last client that when they had signed into their computer or downloaded the software, I'm going to think it might be from the software. Maybe. But when you install Office 365 subscription, it automatically includes OneDrive. But there's no opt-out option. Okay? None at all. So I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, I'm seeing a pattern here. OneDrive is actually becoming the default for all documents saved. Do people know this? Does the general public know that by default, which I've seen this, I'm going to say at least four times now, total, that OneDrive has been the default for their data. It's for Outlook. It's for their text files. It's for their Word documents. And so basically without Microsoft telling them, Oh, by the way, now that you installed this subscription model, we're going to put everything up in the cloud for you. Because I'm guessing the OneDrive is synchronizing, right? I mean, that's the point of it. And so clients are saving everything to OneDrive, not knowing that their data is in the cloud. So, and I'm going to also guess that they have to be signed in. Now I'm thinking about it. Maybe that was a local OneDrive, but I've never heard of local OneDrive. <laughs> anyway, I'm just thinking while I'm talking. Okay, so anyway, um, the very first client I helped was very upset with this. And me and her, she had already moved all of her data from an external hard drive and it went to OneDrive. That was the first problem. This other client uh, last week was like, yeah, Lisa, why is all my stuff in OneDrive? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't set up your computer or the software for that matter. So I don't know. Um, I do know that one technician helped me on my computer and he just disabled it which took the OneDrive away, but it's still on the computer. And um, I just don't use it as a product. So I don't know. I, I tried to reset that one lady's account. So the default for Word saved to her C drive documents. And I had to do some other things. But I just, there's no uninstall option, you know. And I think that's what bothers me the most is that it's not an opt-out option. You have to have it. It's a, to me, a sucky program anyway. And um, it's just like, it's, I kind of feel like it's the computer's kidnapped by it. So that's why I was like, I wish there was an opt-out button. I'd be happy if there's an opt-out button, you know, and there's not. Now, on the other hand, the SharePoint, when you go to set up the SharePoint now through the online version, you hit the sync button. At least it gives you a button that looks like SharePoint in file explorer which that used to not happen so that's an upgrade at least thank goodness because i've set that one up and i talked about that on a show i had 
my first successful one in two years. But um, anyway, um, that's kind of just all my notes on this OneDrive stuff. And, and you know what? I might be wrong. You know, I'm troubleshooting as I go. I've tested a lot of stuff, and I've just had no success with it. So if any of you guys out there are doing things successfully, and maybe you're like, Lisa, you're doing it all wrong. Well, I would love to know that, but I will still probably not support it. <laughs> and if and if you want to be a OneDrive expert, I will probably have work for you. I just um, not I'm not happy with it, and I... When people call about it, I almost feel like I have to tell them for free for 20 minutes why I'm not going to help them. And it just bothers me because I feel for them. A lot of them are in problems already. So anyway, uh, I think that's it for the show here, folks. Another short one. Um, sorry, I've been I've been trying to find other stuff to, to uh, uh, sorry, other guests to get on so we can have longer shows. So we'll get back to the longer shows later. Uh, let me just check my notes, make sure I covered everything I wanted to this week. Yeah, looks good. All right, gang. Well, this has been a Heyman Hendrickson production, audio supported by Mitch Heyman. Thank you to our sponsor, AppRiver and Podbean, for hosting. If you have a story you'd like to share or want to be a guest, please contact me, Lisa, at callthatgirl.biz. And don't forget, I've got six ebooks at callthatgirl.biz slash publications. And uh, you can follow me on the social media channels on the show notes. Thanks, folks. See you next time.